it would take roughly 20 weeks or so to get through our phase 2A. That was Infectious Disease Division Manager Derek Fleurlog on February 4th. The vaccine timeline he gave is thankfully no longer accurate. Shawnee County has received more vaccines weekly, with more vaccines on the way. So how much has the vaccine timeline sped up, and what are the current estimates to finish Phase 2 and 3? Then, we will catch you up on some news that you might have missed. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Not sure what time you're listening to me right now, I'm just glad that you are. My name is Blaze Mesa, and this is the news from our city. Hello, Kansas. Thank you very much. Hello, Kansas. From the steps of City Hall. Let's move forward together. Let's move forward in unity. To the county commissioners. This outbreak is running ahead of us big time. We've got your local government news right here. Motion carries 3-0. Next item. Kansas entered Phase 5 today, meaning anyone in Shawnee County 16 years and older can sign up for a COVID-19 vaccine appointment. But it was only a month or so ago when the county was struggling to get people vaccinated. But our, at our current allocation level, it would take roughly 20 weeks or so to get through our Phase 2A, as we're terming it. And that's first doses only. The number of individuals that we and our community partners are going to be able to schedule to immunize really is going to be dependent on the amount of vaccine we receive weekly from KDHE. And and right now, to be honest, it's not large amounts. But those estimations are old. The county and country has a much faster vaccine timeline. I'm announcing that I will direct all states, tribes, and territories to make all adults, people 18 and over, eligible to be vaccinated no later than May 1. Let me say that again. All adult Americans will be eligible to get a vaccine no later than May 1. I caught up with Shawnee County Health Officer Dr. Aaron Locke to see how much faster the county will move. Dr. Locke, welcome in. But before we get to the vaccine timeline, how should people get scheduled? How should they schedule their vaccine in Shawnee County? Where should they go? What should they do? Yeah, that is a great question and one that I've already been fielding a couple times today. Um, So I think there's two places that that a person could start. They could either go to the CDC website, which is vaccinefinder.org, and that will help them find a vaccine in their location. I will say though, that I went to that today and the site wasn't working. So um, if that happens to anybody who goes to the site and it's not working for them, then the next place that would work is to go to our Shawnee County um, Health Department website. And if you go to the website, across the top are four banners and pick the banner that's for vaccines. And that will take, um, take you to like a, a landing page that has a lot of information for different locations in the county. And so it'll list on there the, the hospitals, the pharmacies, and, and some of our other partners, and either the phone number or the website for how to get, um, how to reach them. And then I have some of the information right here. Um, Shawnee County Vaccine Clinics, I'm pretty sure this was posted on a Facebook page. So if you follow Shawnee County COVID-19 updates, you can see this, but the health department, St. Francis, Stormont Vale, Dillon's, Walmart, Doug's, Hy-Vee, and the Jayhawk pharmacies, and then Grace Med Health Clinics, obviously all vaccinate different people, but if you go to their respective places, you should be able to sign up for a vaccine as well. 
Um, but getting more to the vaccine timeline questions and the thing that I'm really interested in is what is the current timeline then in Shawnee County to vaccinate everyone 16 and up? I remember that the the old weekly allocation, the old weekly allocation amount used to be 1,950 doses. I think that has long since been inaccurate. What is the current number of doses the county's getting right now? Yeah, so it has increased from before. And well, it wasn't that long ago that, like you said, we were only receiving uh, 1950. Uh, now we're receiving somewhere between 5,000 and 6,000 doses every week. And that is what is um, allocated from the state to the health department. That does not count the additional vaccine that is coming to the pharmacies, GraceMed and the VA through the federal allocation. So I would say that um, at least 6,000 doses per week uh, currently. And then the Shawnee County Vaccine Collaborative, which is a collaboration of a lot of the places that can vaccinate people in Shawnee County. You all have the capacity, is it 3,000 a day? Am I remembering that correctly? Oh, certainly, at least. Um, at least that much, although we've expanded partners. And so I would say 3,000 to 4,000 a day if we had everybody going at full speed with all volunteers and enough vaccine. So then to what degree do we know what the timeline is? How long will it take to vaccinate everyone in Shawnee County? That is a question that I don't have a good answer to right now. Um, I know that we have vaccinated at least 27% of the county with at least one dose. And um, so that would be about 47,000 people. And our population is approximately 177,000. And it depends a little bit on... Um, on who actually wants the vaccine too, but, and then how will the vaccine supply increase over the next weeks? So I don't, don't have a good estimate just yet when we will have sort of vaccinated everyone who wants it, but it is coming much sooner than we had initially anticipated. So I'm hoping that within the next few months, we will have, have reached most of the, the population. I know federally the president announced he wanted everyone to be back to normal as much as one can be by the 4th of July. Is that a somewhat realistic timeline, at least for us in Shawnee County? I think that it is realistic. I think that um, we may not be at the point yet where we can completely, you know, go back to life the way it was before the pandemic started. But as far as doing the activities that we'd like to do, gathering together with our family and friends and, and those sorts of things, I think it is a, a realistic goal to, to hope for that by the 4th of July. And then it's also at least partially realistic to believe if you want a vaccine in Shawnee County, you can probably have the shot by them. Is that also something realistic? Yes. Yes, I would encourage um, now, that, now that we're entering into phase five and everyone is eligible on Monday, I, I would encourage um, our, our community to go ahead and sign up. It may be um, that you'll need to sign up at more than one location. And like the last time I was on this podcast, I, I was saying the same thing. Go ahead and sign up at more than one place and cancel the appointment if, at one location if you get it from another. Um, and we may, we may see that there's a little bit of a, 
awaiting uh, for a week or two. I'm not necessarily, I don't know what to expect as we move into phase five. It's coming a little sooner than we had anticipated, but go ahead and sign up and get your shot. I was going through some older health department press conferences back when they were weekly press conferences every Thursday. And there was one estimation that it would take about 20 weeks to get through a phase 2A or a subphase. It, it seems a little bit laughable now with the amount of vaccine coming in, but is that a timeline we should expect for future phases? Like it, it, That seems like a million years ago. Yeah. Um, when we were talking about moving into phase 2B, at that time, we had estimated about 25,000 people who qualified there and that it would take about four weeks or so. And we did that just a few weeks ago. So if we were really sticking by that timeline, we wouldn't be ready for phase three until, um, you know, a month, a, a few weeks from now, I guess you could say. Um, the state is moving a little bit more quickly. And so we went into phase three and four. And with that, I think over half the population in our county actually qualifies in that stage. And so Again, you would have to really um, go out a couple months before you could get that population vaccinated. And so it's really been difficult to know um, when the state is moving us a little more quickly than what we would we would have moved if um, if we had stayed in the phases. it's It's difficult to know just what it's going to look like for our county uh, starting on Monday. So how has the county gotten more vaccine? I know their weekly allocation is from the state and you all really don't control that. But when the state is moving forward to new phases, are they giving you all more vaccine? Like what's the breakdown there? I am not exactly sure how the vaccine has become available, but it does seem that we have gotten, you know, they've promised from the beginning that as supply increases, allocations will increase. And that has been the case that over time it increased by another tray of Pfizer and and so on. Um, And I think that perhaps they are, um, they are connecting the two that when more, more vaccine is allocated to the state of Kansas and then therefore to our counties that they may be moving us forward in the phases um, with that. But uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not exactly sure. If I'm remembering correctly, one way there's more vaccine coming into the county is a change in the doses given. If I I think Pfizer at one point had five individual doses you could get from one vial. That might have been changed to six doses per one vial. There was a change in doses. Did that speed things up? Yes, that is true. That uh, And I apologize. I don't remember the exact dates anymore, but there was a point when they they didn't increase the amount or the number of vials that they gave us, but they said from now on, we're going to count six doses per vial instead of five. And so it did appear that the allocation had increased when really in, in actuality, the, the volume of vaccine had not actually increased. However, we had been already doing the best we could to draw out those sixth and sometimes seventh um, doses out of those vials so that we were not wasting any that was remaining. So we had already been pulling that out as best we could. I imagine it was through studies and research and things that said you could get more doses out of an individual vial. But does that mean some people are being under vaccinated? 
we only allow a vaccine to be administered if it's the, the full amount that is recommended. And so if there is a little bit left in a vial, but it's not enough for a full dose, then that would not be administered. You'd, at that time, it, it would be time to dispose of that vial. Jumping back a little bit to the vaccine timeline, how is the county tracking the number of vaccinations per phase? Are you going to sit there and say that 70% of the people in phase two are done while 10% in phase five are done? What's that look like? The, also a very good question. So we had our phase one and phase two interest survey. And so we still have quite a bit of information from the interest survey that was completed. So we're doing a couple things there. We are actually auditing the survey to make sure that individuals who signed up have actually received their vaccine. And so we've we've reached out to approximately 12,000 individuals and received about a fourth uh, of those have responded. And with that, 96% of those individuals have already received a vaccine. And then the remaining few percent, we help, we assist in getting them scheduled for a vaccine. So that is one way that we are making sure that people from earlier phases are not getting left behind as we go. We also had collected quite a bit of information, contact information and so on for some of the critical worker um, uh, organizations in the county and have been working with them to get them scheduled as, as groups of employees through our mass vaccination partners, the hospitals. We also have collected our, our congregate settings. Um, if you remember congregate settings, we're in phase two. And so we have been working with additional partners, some of our pharmacy partners, Doug's Pharmacy, Jayhawk Pharmacy, um, and then the health department as well to reach the congregate settings. So we are, we're still working in phase one and phase two to make sure that no one's getting left behind. When it comes to phase three and four, the health department had not collected that information, but we did send out a letter to our physician partners in the county and asked them to help us identify who the high medical risk individuals are and to help them, their patients get signed up for the vaccine. What is the importance of getting these vaccines? And I think the, there's the B.1.117 or the exact, I forget the exact name, but the UK variant, it's a very scientific way of saying the UK variant was found in Lawrence and Douglas County. So what is the benefit of getting all these vaccines? Yeah, so the vaccines prevent, I think, what we really care about, which is hospitalizations and deaths. And so any of the vaccines, the Pfizer, the Moderna, the J&J, all prevent the hospitalization that comes from COVID and death from COVID. And so that is really what the importance of, of taking this vaccine is to protect yourself from, from hospitalization and death. In particular, you mentioned the B117, the UK originating variant, and that one has been found in every state in the US and it has been found here in Kansas. Started in Ellis County, then in Sedgwick County. And then of course, yesterday, I think it was, we heard it was Douglas County. And this variant essentially makes it a little bit easier to pass from one person to another. And there's some concern um, that it, it, it does make you a little sicker and, and higher risk of being hospitalized, higher risk of dying from it. And so what we also know is that the vaccines protect us from the B117 variant and the other variants that are out there right now. And 
So you don't have to worry about that variant if you've been vaccinated. I want to talk a little bit about Shawnee County's COVID-19 community indicator. It jumped a couple points last week, and I know that wasn't necessarily a surprise. The health department was expecting an increase in cases after spring break. But tell us a little bit about that. Why the changes? Why did the health department make the switch? Yes. So the, the indicator is really meant to be a tool for leaders to utilize that tool when they need to make decisions about um, mitigate, you know, mitigation decisions against COVID-19. Leaders in our community have had to make a lot of difficult decisions and um, whether it comes to wearing a mask or the health, you know, the health orders, um, those sorts of things. And so it's helpful to have an idea, um, a tool that you can use to help base those decisions. The CDC provide, recommends four factors that are included when you make a decision for mitigation. And they, they recommend that you think about the epidemiology of the, of the infection or the virus, that you think about your public health capacity, your healthcare capacity. So essentially like your hospital capacity, um, your doctor, doctor's office capacity. And then the fourth one is your community. So who, who is the community that's being affected? Is it the entire county? Is it nursing homes, schools, and, and so on? So our, our indicator is meant to really provide information about the first three, the epidemiology of the, of the virus, you know, what's the incidence rate? What's our percent positivity with testing? Are we seeing increase or decrease of the, of the spread in the community? And then the, there's two measures on it that are meant to help us understand our capacity as a public health department to actually do the isolation and quarantine that is so essential in stopping the spread. And then the final measure is looking at the hospital's ability to take in patients who are sick and take care of them, whether it's on the regular medical floor or in an ICU on a ventilator. And so that's, that was the uh, goal of the indicator was to help those identify those three factors. So the indicator jumping five points, is that kind of telling us that we're not quite out of the woods yet in terms of COVID-19 in Shawnee County? Yes, I, I think that we, all of us, um, myself included, you know, we passed that year mark and we're tired. It's spring. It, there's, there's sort of a hopefulness. We want to get out. We want to see our family and our friends. We want to do things. I, I think I'm feeling it just as much as, as anybody in the county. And with that, we can sometimes convince ourselves that we are out of the pandemic, that it's over. People are being vaccinated. It's not a problem anymore. But the reality is that we're not quite there yet. Um, we're close and we're getting closer all the time, but we still need to do the things that we know to work for just a little bit longer, a few more months, you know, until, until it's a safer, a safer county for us. The jump that we saw this last week, we did expect it. It was right after spring break. And so when we had people traveling and leaving the county, doing activities, coming back, we naturally saw an increase in infection, which which shows us that it's not over yet. Okay, so I'm halfway vaccinated. I've got my appointment scheduled for my second shot, but I noticed there was a certain date that my vaccine was no longer good. I forget the exact language, but it essentially said on this day, the vaccine that you have is you know not going to protect you as much. 
How long are these vaccines good for, and are we going to need to have multiple vaccinations in the same year? Oh, as someone who's doing the vaccine rollout, boy, I really hope we don't have to do it multiple times a year. But I think it is reasonable to expect that it could be an annual vaccine in the same way that we get our flu vaccine annually. Um, you know, we we have enough data and, and research to let us know that the vaccine does cover you for six months. And I am anticipating that in a few months, we'll hear again. Now it actually, it covers you for nine months and, and so on. I do expect that it will um, continue to expand because if we, if we remember, this is only a year old. And so there's only been a certain number of months that they've been able to monitor the individuals in the studies. And so as they continue to monitor them, we'll get more information. But, but to, your, to your point, we consider someone to be fully vaccinated two weeks after their final dose. So for the two dose series, Pfizer, Moderna, you get your second dose and two weeks later, you're considered fully vaccinated. With the J&J, it's only one shot. So you get your, your first shot and then two weeks later, you're fully vaccinated. And the advantages there um, are a couple. There's a, there's a couple advantages, one that has to do with masks and another that has to do with like quarantine. So as you said, it's considered to be protective for six months that we know about. So in that six month time period, if you are exposed to someone who has COVID, you do not need to quarantine and you do not necessarily need to get a test either unless you start so showing some symptoms. And then we would ask that you get a test to make sure that you, you haven't somehow picked up COVID, but you get to, you get to avoid quarantine and testing. And I think we all are happy about that. The other advantage to being vaccinated is your ability now to safely remove your mask when you're around other people. And so the CDC has said that if you are in um, a room with someone else who has been vaccinated, you're safe to take your mask off. And, and if you're in a room with someone who has not been vaccinated, but is low risk, so think like a grandparent who's been vaccinated and a grandchild who has not, that you can remove your masks. And so there's, there's certainly some advantages to uh, being vaccinated, aside from just the, your personal safety and not being hospitalized, not dying from COVID, you get to have life a little more like normal. So let's kind of quickly recap things before I let you go. So you encourage people to sign up multiple places to get vaccinated, whether that be signing up on Doug's, the health department, St. Francis, sign up as many places as you can. Yes. Then you have no real vaccine timeline on when everyone could get a shot. No exact estimation here, but by the 4th of July in a couple months, if you want a COVID-19 vaccine, you can get one. I, I do anticipate that. Yes. Is there anything else you want to add at this time? You know, I would like to tell you about a couple of clinics that we have partnered with. And let me get the information for you here. So the health department has partnered with Fellowship Highcrest to do some mobile clinics. And I wanted to let let everyone know about those. So every Friday in April, we will be at Fellowship Highcrest. And for these clinics, you can get scheduled via the Fellowship Highcrest webpage. And then we will have walk-in appointments at the same location the first Wednesday of the month, the second Saturday of the month, 
and the third Sunday of the month. And we are planning to utilize the Johnson and Johnson vaccine for these clinics. And we've also partnered with the Open Arms Ministries for mobile clinics. And every Tuesday in April, we will be, um, we will be there and scheduling is by telephone. I can provide one phone number. It's 720-300-0029 to get scheduled at the Open Arms Ministry Clinic. Can you say that one more time? 720, what was it? Sure, it's 720 720- And this will be Pfizer vaccine. Anything else you want to add? I think one more thing would be for individuals who are homebound, we are collecting those names and have a plan with the the next shipment of Johnson and Johnson to, to reach individuals who are homebound. And so one easy way to sign up is to send an email to our our email covidvaccine at snco.us or SNCCO. You can also call the 251-4949 number to be placed on the homebound. And we have actually partnered with our uh, fire department, um, EMT and paramedics to help us to administer those vaccines in people's homes. Okay, so the homebound vaccine program, 251-4949 is the number to call, and then COVID vaccine at SNCO, or is it COVID-19 vaccine? It is a COVID vaccine, COVID vaccine. at SNCO.us. Is there any other vaccine-related information we need to know? I think that's probably enough for right now. I It's always swimming around in my head, but I think those are the things that I'd like people to know are the mobile clinics in, in April, the homebound um, list, and um, and then just knowing that we can, you can go to our website to find a central location for um, websites and phone numbers for our different vaccinating partners in the county. Okay, well, Dr. Locke, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thank you very much. Here's some news that you might have missed. Over $800,000 was awarded to 230 child care programs in Shawnee County. The money was awarded as part of the Child Care Provider Grant Program. Overall, that represents about 67% of all of the licensed facilities in the county. Um, You can see from the slide, the smallest award that we gave was $600. Uh, to a family child care provider. The largest award that we gave was in the it was $16,205. That was Reva Waiwatis with Child Care Aware. She presented the results of the Child Care Grant Program to the commissioners last Monday. She said Child Care Aware America reported a 40% closure rate of these facilities. Shawnee County only had a 9.4% decrease in programs locally. No Topeka City Council this week, so this next part is also from the Shawnee County Commission. Jeff Hunt, Deputy Director of Public Works, was before the commissioners to talk about the Timber Ridge subdivision. Um, Just to give you your bearings, that's 53rd Street. Uh, To the south there is 61st. You can see uh, Auburn Washburn School. The commissioners approved a $248,000 contract with Bettis Asphalt for street construction. But Shawnee County Commission Chair Kevin Cook wanted to make something clear. And this is a project that is paid for completely by Doltmeyer Homes, the developer. Yes. And so Shawnee County has no financial uh, risk in this um, arrangement. We're just overseeing the project. 
Or well, well, risk is, I mean, there is some risk. It, the bonds will be paid back by us, but they will be uh, paid by the property owners uh, to refund, right. to pay back. And finally, Bobby Sloan created the online marketplace stayhomekansas.com. He made the website shortly after the pandemic swept through the state. The uh, the first week or so of the the lockdown and, and of the pandemic in general, um, my day job uh, with uh, Image Makers uh, is as an experience director, and we're a custom technology and brand experience firm. We build um, apps and websites and brands and digital marketing and that kind of stuff, cool digital stuff. Um, <clears throat> When the pandemic first started, I was having conversations all day, every day with existing clients and potential clients and people that just needed help in general. And really, really quickly, we decided that that was going to be our focus as a company at Image Makers was to help as many people as we can, help as many businesses as we could. Listen to It's Your Business, the Capital Journal's business podcast to hear what else Bobby has to say. Go to the search bar in the app you're in right now and search It's Your Business. That's going to do it for us here today. For more Capital City news, you can follow us on our social medias. We are at CJ Online on Twitter and the Topeka Capital Journal on Facebook and Instagram. My name is Blaze Mesa, and it's been an honor, a pleasure, and a privilege. I'll see you all next week.